The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. I wish somebody would bring a lawsuit against Gavin Newsom. Uh, That would be interesting to me, uh, based on the fact that Gavin Newsom has said and put it out there that uh, if and when Senator Feinstein passes away, which happened today at 90 years of age, which should trigger all of us with respect to the fact that she's been, quote-unquote, still serving in the Senate for the past six months, 12 months, 24 months, 36 months when she should not have been. But Gavin Newsom comes right out and says uh, before that that he's going to appoint a black woman. So if you are somebody that's a qualified, that's somebody that could actually qualify, whatever that would mean, you have a decent resume, you got some experience, you you would be a legitimate candidate and you're somebody other than a black woman. Uh could you sue? Somebody would have to have standing cuz he came literally just came right out. It was in, on Meet the Press earlier this month. Newsom said that he would not appoint any of the three cuz there was a primary about for Feinstein uh for her seat next year. Uh, he wouldn't appoint any of the three the a group that includes representatives Katie Porter and Adam Schiff as well as Lee and that's where he's uh, Barbara Lee, where he's not doing that. And so, so but he came right out and says Newsom said he would instead make an interim appointment to replace Feinstein so as not to tip the balance in the competitive Senate Senate primary. Yes, interim appointment, he said. I don't want to get involved in the primary. It would be completely unfair to the Democrats that have worked their tail off. The primary is just a matter of months away. I don't want to tip the balance of that. In the same interview, Newsom confirmed his previous pledge to appoint a black woman to fill the seat. I abide by what I've said very publicly on a consistent basis, Newsom said. His remarks got pushback from Lee, who blasted Newsom, saying that appointing a black woman only at interim basis was insulting. Quote, I am troubled by the governor's remarks. The idea that a black woman should be appointed only as a caretaker to simply check a box is insulting to countless black women across this country who have carried the Democrat Party to victory election after election, Lee said on X, and they always put this in there, the platform uh, formerly known as Twitter. So that sounds like discrimination to me when you decide that the person in advance that you're going to pick has to be a black woman. So if you're a Hispanic woman, uh, no. And, And why not, governor? Why would you not appoint a Hispanic woman? Because she's not black. So you're discriminating against her based on her race, her skin color. Right. Yeah, that that would be the fact. What about a white man, a white male? No, uh, because he's not a black woman. So now you're discriminating based on his race as well as his gender, his sex, as we used to call that. Uh, Correct. So wouldn't it be nice if somebody actually sued him uh, on civil rights grounds because he comes right out and says black woman only whites need not apply. Men need not apply. Hispanics need not apply. Asians 
need not apply. Africans, males anyway, need not apply. Interesting, huh? Do as I say, don't as I do, don't do do as I say, don't do as I do, which is typical for these folks. And so, then Senator Feinstein dead at ninety. Longtime California senator was ninety. This is on Fox News. Had suffered from extensive health issues for more than a year before she died. So why was she still in the Senate? A legitimate question, don't you think? Why was she still in the Senate? Sadly, Senator Feinstein passed away last night at her home in Washington, D.C. Her passing is a great loss for so many, from those who loved and cared for her to the people of California that she dedicated her life to serving. That's what her chief of staff said. Uh, A pretty popular person on Twitter said this. Now, this is, I'm not endorsing what this guy said, okay? Because I'm going to talk about this from a Christian perspective, as we should. Why is anyone honoring Feinstein? She was one of the most corrupt politicians in America. She employed a Chinese spy for 20-plus years. She served as senator for 31 years, and what did she accomplish? Thank her for her service. She served no one but herself and her donors. Her net worth is $220 million. That she stole from you via insider trading and money laundering. Kind of like Nancy Pelosi and her husband, right? All the while, she allowed California and her district of San Francisco to turn into a drug-infested 2S LGBTQIA plus homeless zombie apocalypse. When we talk about establishment politicians, she's at the top of the list. She's been a senator for 31 years, and under her watch, America has turned into a blankety-blank. Not only did she let it happen, but her left-wing policies made it possible. She played a significant role in destroying California and this nation with open border policies and woke insanity. So spare me with all the rest in peace stuff. She was one of the main reasons we are in the position we are in today. She destroyed America, and I wish her no blessings in whatever afterlife she faces. And before anyone says this is partisan, I feel the same way about McCain and any other deep state traitorous rat who bites the dust. And then final comment. Some of y'all don't hate establishment politicians enough, and it shows. Now that uh, is a tempting position to take, if we're being honest, not All of us, but some of us. Uh, Ten years, I would have been more tempted by a post like this than I am today. Today, I I try to primarily think from a Christian perspective rather than a political perspective. From a Christian perspective, even rather than an American perspective. First and foremost, not that I don't think from an American perspective. I do, but that that get in line behind a biblical worldview. So if a biblical worldview says over there and and an American perspective, perspective says, no, over here, I'm going over there. I'm not choosing America over biblical truth. So when you see something like this uh, in the reaction to Senator Dianne Feinstein dying, uh, how do you, what do you, what do you think? How do you process that? Born in 1933, facing an eternity in one place or the other. She's there now. That's the reality of her death. Dianne Feinstein is either in heaven forever or hell forever. And that happened earlier today. Which is a very serious subject, is it not? So a little more about that. And then I just want to take a tiptoe through the tulips of some of the news stories out there today that are interesting, important, like Elon Musk visiting Eagle Pass, Texas. 
This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. This is so cool. I'll get back to the Diane Feinstein thing here in a second. Look at this text I just got. Came across at 4.01 p.m. Eastern Time. It's Nikki Haley. There's something you need to know about me, Stephen. And then a link. (laughs) Wow. Hey, Nikki. Hey, thanks for reaching out. It's been a while. Appreciate, uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, You know, how did she get my cell number? What's up with that? Are anybody else getting these? It's so frustrating. Like delete, delete and report junk. Yes, there you go. Okay, excellent. Uh, nice try, Nikki. So uh, back to Diane Feinstein, who passed away earlier today at 90 years of age. And there'll be all kinds of fluffy things going on about her. She did do a great damage to the nation as well as to her own state and her own community of San Francisco. Uh, but the bigger issue is where is Diane today? Where is she right now? Uh, every single person that's ever been created is an eternal soul. C.S. Lewis once said, everybody you meet is either an eternal horror or an everlasting splendor. An eternal horror, obviously, uh, if you end up in hell because your sin is not atoned for in any other way other than you. You will atone for it. Or uh, you're an everlasting splendor, which would be in heaven. And it's one or the other. There's not a middle ground. There's no resting place. There's no do-over rest area along the highway to heaven where you can get the rest of your act together. Uh, it's it's be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord, Paul said. It's instantaneous. It's one or the other. Uh, so Dianne Feinstein, uh, the longest-serving Jewish member of the Senate, uh, doesn't matter. Jewish people, uh, without Jesus... To cover their sin, their Jewishness is not a get-out-of-hell-free card. And so, unfortunately, for Senator Dianne Feinstein, I I have no reason to believe that she ever gave her life to Christ. Uh, Perhaps. But I have no reason to believe that. If she did not, and I'm choosing my words carefully here, if she did not, then we know, unfortunately, where Senator Dianne Feinstein is. And uh, should you talk about those things on the day of her death? Is that disrespectful? Should you just post an RIP, rest in peace? Well, a rest in peace uh, statement, whenever people put that up. By the way, uh, that's one of the things I'll look at. I'll notice that. If somebody puts up RIP, my first inclination is to, uh, to go in the direction of thinking they probably don't know the Lord. If you know the Lord, if, you, if you're born again, if you're truly a biblical Christian, uh, and if you don't know the state of somebody's soul, rest in peace gives a, uh, a sense of security that should not be there. Unless you know, I mean, and then rest in peace versus rest in the arms of the Lord or, or off to heaven. Heaven's gained uh, another angel, some people like to say. We don't become angels when we go to heaven. Angels remain angels. Human beings are made in the image of God. We are not like angels. We will actually judge, be above the angels. And so you don't become an angel when you go to heaven and get your wings. And so when people say that, rest in peace, I'm always like, mm. uh, there's, there's, there's a really good chance in this case, Diane Feinstein it, it, it cannot rest in peace. She'll rest in eternal sorrow and tribulation. 
and 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 that's you don't jump on that grave you don't have a blase attitude like the post i was reading from twitter uh you can't do that as a christ follower even though my, my flesh wants to do one thing all the time and my spirit wants to do the other and that's that's what uh paul was talking about that your flesh and your spirit war against one another and you don't do what you want to do because what you want to do in your spirit is to follow the Lord and make the right decision. Do what you should do. Don't do what you shouldn't do. That's that's what your spirit wants to do. And then your flesh is like, mm, I got another idea. And so when somebody like this dies, th th hopefully for the majority of us, our first thought is not political. It's not political backlash. It's not cultural. It's not American. It's gospel. And you go, Diane Feinstein probably not in heaven and there's nothing to celebrate there god's desire is that all should come to repentance that none should perish that all should come to repentance so i think we need to be very careful uh, when those things come up speaking of congress gop rebels this is in on foxnews.com and dems sink house stopgap funding bill less than 48 hours before likely government shutdown good the final vote saw 21 republicans voting to kill the bill god bless you a group of GOP hardliners, <laughs> is that journalism? Joined Democrats in sinking House Democrats' stopgap funding bill on Friday, significantly raising the chances of a government shutdown happening over the weekend. Good. A procedural vote to advance the bill passed earlier in the day, but final passage failed on, the, on an, a, a 198 to 232 vote. 21 Republicans voted against it, including Representative Matt Goetz, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Nancy Mace from South Carolina, among others. It's a heavy blow to Speaker Kevin McCarthy, whose leadership has, has faced public threats throughout the spending battle so that uh, from some from the right flank of this conference want him gone, right? Federal government funding expires at the end of the day on September 30th if the House and the Senate can't strike a deal by then. A partial shutdown threatens to force all federal functions deemed non-essential to grind to a halt. Does <laughs> anything strike you as beautifully ironic in that sentence? Let me read it to you again. See if something strikes you as beautifully ironic. Federal government funding expires at the end of the day on September 30th. If the House and Senate can't strike a deal by then, a partial shutdown threatens to force all federal functions deemed non-essential to grind to a halt. Okay, all my friends on Facebook Live and Rumble right now. Uh, what am I referring to? What's that? What's that reference? that apparently the writers at uh, Fox News didn't catch. If the House and Senate can't strike a deal by then, a partial shutdown threatens to force all federal functions deemed non-essential to grind to a halt. Josh, do you know? Uh, nope. No? Not the new Green Deal. Anybody on Rumble want to take a guess? Anybody on Facebook Live want to take a guess? Uh, <laughs> Catherine says, it's all non-essential. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the joke, but no. Oh, the other Catherine, my sister. Good job, Kath. Uh, like COVID, correct. Did any of you work somewhere that was deemed non-essential? Your favorite stores, your favorite restaurants. I mean, the liquor store, that was essential. They stayed open. Planned Parenthood, uh, uh, abortion clinics, abortuaries, they stayed open. But there's a lot of things that were deemed non-essential, you know, like church. And, and they had to shut down. So, good. 
and get a little taste of your own medicine. A short-term funding extension known as a CR, continuing resolution, is almost certainly needed to give lawmakers more time to cobble together 12 individual spending bills for fiscal year 2024. It's such a train wreck. They haven't done a budget in years and years and years. Where you actually got to put everything down. Let's talk about it. And they won't. And you don't have enough. Repu- the Republicans are so, they're such scaredy cats. Government shutdown, oh, because there's too many Americans that are like, oh, government shutdown, I'm not going to get my Social Security check. I'm not going to get my Medicare. I'm not going to get my Medicaid, none of which is true. And uh, our poor men and women in military aren't going to get paid. That's not true. Blah, 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 blah. And then Republicans, most of them are just afraid to take a stand. Because you want to know why? They're way more concerned about the next election than they are the country. Or you or me or your kids or my kids or your grandkids or my grandkids. They're not really concerned about that. They're ultimately concerned about themselves. Welcome to Rome. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. We'll be right back. Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. I hope you get to enjoy uh, a Saturday in the park tomorrow. Hope you have a great weekend. Uh, I love fall weather. Uh, I'm not excited about, okay, all my North Carolina friends here across the Truth Radio Network and other stations and down there in Ford Broadcasting and others. Uh, gird up your loins. I have almost no interest in the North Carolina State Fair. There, I said it. It's out. It's public. So people are getting all whacked out about the North Carolina State Fair. I'm like, Ugh. listen, now some of the food there I've had been a couple of times since 1997, <laughs> maybe three since we moved here in 97. So I've been I've been a, a couple of times, uh, four probably at the most and went last year with our youngest daughter because she wanted to. And, and that was fun. Uh, but uh, the crowds, everything, everything, just about everything about it. I don't like. I, there's a lot of the food I like, but it's not worth it. It's not worth the time to park and pay and get in there and yada, yada, yada. And it's just a big zoo, and it's just, uh, so I have no interest in the North Carolina State Fair. There you go. Now you know. I do have an interest in Elon Musk, though. He's a fascinating uh, guy. My father-in-law just got the uh, biography about him that was authorized, so the, the author of the, of the biography spent a lot of time with Elon. And then Elon just went down to... Uh, Texas. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? Tech billionaire Elon Musk visited the southern border in Eagle Pass, Texas on Thursday uh, with plans to live stream a tour of the area to give people a sense of the real situation with an ongoing migrant crisis. Musk, who owns that, oh, you know who he is. On Tuesday, Musk announced he had spoken with U.S. Representative Tony Gonzalez about the crisis, confirmed it was a serious issue, and he went down there. Tony Gonzalez was there, and uh, Elon Musk has 158.3 million followers on X. Twitter. And so I, I really appreciate that he's been talking, tweeting a lot lately about illegal immigration. And uh, he's all for radical change to the immigration system. He said illegal immigration needs to stop. But I'm super in favor of greatly expanding and simplifying legal immigration. Anyone who proves himself to be hardworking, talented and honest should be allowed to become an American, period. Uh, I agree with that. And, and I don't I don't have a problem with us putting limits on it. Is it a million year or whatever the number a year, a year is? But uh, legal, and you have to be uh, adding to the American uh, economy and the American culture, not subtracting from it. 
And we've had, if you study U.S. history, we, we've had some pretty tough days in immigration policy before. Early on, hey, we don't want any more Irish and Germans. So we would just say no. If you're from Ireland or Germany, we don't want you. We did that. Uh, we had all kinds of mental health and physical health checks. And, and literally the boat coming over there to New York, to Ellis Island, and you don't pass the test, boom, back on the boat, have a nice trip back. Better luck next time. Uh, because America didn't want to bring people in that weren't going to be contributing to society, but taking from it, that that is a political position that's a constitutional position in many ways. I, I, I can't b baptize that and say it's a Christian position, because it isn't. But a political position and a national sovereignty position, it is. So I appreciate him going down there. I watched a good chunk of his live stream. He was talking to a, a sheriff from down there in Eagle Pass, and Eagle Pass is pretty small. And it doesn't take long for them to get more people coming there uh, than actually live there. And one of the issues they talked about, which is really important that I haven't heard people talking about, is the, uh, the local hospital. So the local hospital, which is there to serve the community of Eagle Pass, is getting overwhelmed by illegal aliens. Because all of the Border Patrol people, you get people that are sick, they have some problem, and they're going to send them to the local hospital. So it's being the local hospitals are being overrun by illegal aliens, which means they can't serve the people that they're actually there to serve, which is their own community. And so the illegal aliens come in and flood the system. And, and now most of the time, I do not blame uh, the illegal alien for the results of their decision. I, I blame them for their decision. They know they're breaking the law. They just don't care. They're desperate. I understand that. I appreciate that. But that doesn't change the rule of law. And you, the whole time, I mean, there's. I think the Democrats operate on multiple levels here. I think because people like Joe Biden and others, leadership of the party, are so lost, they're looking for ways to justify themselves. So th I think there's a spiritual element where they think, hey, we, uh, we allow uh, immigrants to come in. We're good people. And good people go to heaven. I think there's an element in there of that. Not stated. It might not, it's probably not uh, top of mind for most of these people, but it's in there because I know every single one of them, and just like every single Republican, is a spiritual being. So at some level, I think there's that. There's virtue signal because they tell each other, oh, uh, we care for people. Unless they're like unwanted in, in the womb. Uh, a a, a 11-year-old girl who's being misdirected by the transgender community and or her parents. They don't care about her. They don't really care about the African-American community because they haven't really done anything in years to help them. They don't really care about much of anybody. They definitely don't care about kids in the womb. And so, and they don't care about illegal immigrants coming up a 1,200-mile trip through the Dottian Gap and risking their lives, and kids, too, and all the trafficking, sex trafficking, human trafficking, all the drug stuff, the fentanyl, they don't care about any of that. They don't care about people. They care about the way it makes them feel and the way they think it makes them look. That's what they care about. They don't care about the citizens in Texas. They care about the non-citizens because I think the, the political calculation for these folks is that sooner or later, the majority of these illegal aliens are going to be getting government handouts in one way or another. And if you want to make sure you continue to get government handouts, there's one party that you should vote for, although it's both at this point, but predominantly one party from a perspective of most people, and that's the Democrat Party. So the more we let them in, uh, they're going to help just like uh, 
Dirtbag Chuck Schumer said last year, it's closest I've ever come in an actual one of my classes at Noble U with my students, it's closest I've ever coming, come to throwing my computer across the room or out the window, is the day that Chuck Schumer was complaining, talking about illegal immigration, complaining that we just don't have enough workers here in America, so we need people coming in from other countries because we just don't have enough workers, and we don't have enough workers here that are willing to do the kind of work that our uh, immigrant friends will do. And I'm like, hey, I, I literally lost my mind. And, and try to keep my cool. And I was talking about it in several of my classes that week, but especially that day. I'm like, this, this hey, bucko. <laughs> You've been a cheerleader for the process of killing 62 million babies since 1973. Now you turn around and say we don't have enough workers because you, you, you were complicit in the destruction, the murder, the massacre, the dismemberment. The discarding of 62 million children who would be workers, husbands, wives, teachers, whatever. Like, like he couldn't see that? The truth is, he couldn't. Because he's given over, he's Romans 1, he's got a reprobate mind. And he can't, he just, he, the, the scales on his eyes are so thick that he can't see the hypocrisy, the disgusting nature of that statement. And so, yeah, you need, you need to open the floodgates now because you whacked 62 million people. And, and now you get a big hole in the workforce. Plus, you're hoping that one day they'll continue to vote for you guys and you can stay in power and eventually take over. And those are all the sick truths there. They don't care about people because there's so much abuse of human beings and, and the people they say they care about. There's all this abuse up and down. The whole trail trying to get up here. And with a lax border policy, you set the you set the mousetrap. You're putting the cheese on there. You get here, you're in. You're, you're good. You're fine. We're never going to follow up with you. We're never going to track you down. We can't send all of you back. So it'll be fine. You don't have to say that. You just have to have a lax border policy. And you put up a giant sign. All are welcome. Come on in. I'm glad to have you here. We'll take care of you. And they come. And they get abused and they die and their children are abused and they're sold into slavery. And I, I'll put that all at the feet of the people that make the policy on the southern border. That would be the Democrat Party. Well, Steve, you're such a partisan. No, I'm not. I think I'm just an honest analyst. I think that's all that is. This was interesting. After uh, all these years, now most of us are old enough. I don't know if, you, if, if you're familiar with, like I say, Tupac. You don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. Uh, but Tupac was killed in a drive-by shooting in 1996. Okay, Super popular early on rap artist, Tupac. They just arrested a guy after all this time. Uh, you know, almost 20 years. Police arrest Dwayne Keffy D. Davis on Friday. Wow, the guy's 60. Dwayne Keffy D. Davis was indicted on the charge of murder with use of a deadly weapon. Prosecutors announced in court Friday, Chief Deputy District Attorney Mark G, uh, D. Giacomo said a grand jury had been seated in the case for several months. The district attorney described Davis as an on-ground, on-site commander who ordered the death of uh, Tupac Shakur. Uh, by the way, did you notice anything interesting there? A grand jury had been seated for several months and nobody knew it. That, that wasn't in the news. If Trump had been involved in the case in one way or another, we would have known that. But 
That's a different story, apparently. The charges were revealed Friday, hours after Davis 60 was arrested while on a walk near his home. Wow, you might actually know now who killed Tupac. Wild. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Good to be with you. And I uh, hope you're going to have a wonderful weekend. I love the fall weather. So hopefully that's true for all of us. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's just take a tour through uh, President Trump's truth social postings. Uh, here's one five hours ago. MAGA or I will never go for bird brain Nikki Haley. Bird brain. Uh, no loyalty, plenty of lies. I will never run against our great president, she said. He has done an outstanding job. To which I responded, how nice of you to say, Nikki, knowing full well that her words mean nothing. She even came to Mar-a-Lago with her family, bearing gifts, quote-unquote. Anyway, Bird Brain doesn't have the talent or temperament to do the job. Make America great again. Um, anybody have an issue with that? I, I get pretty nasty notes every once in a while. People get really mad because they see this as me going hardcore negative on Trump. And what kind of a conservative am I? What kind of Christian am I when I'm trying to undermine the Trump candidacy? I'm like, <laughs> I have a little Christian talk radio show. I'm not undermining the Trump candidacy. But they just go ballistic. You start messing around with somebody's golden calf, man. That gets nasty fast. Uh, I'm trying to find what he said. Newt Gingrich said, Trump is a phenomenon like nobody I've ever seen. Newt Gingrich on the Ingram angle. Thank you, Newt. But couldn't you be just a little bit more praiseworthy? Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Do people realize that sloppy Chris Christie had only an 8% approval rating when he was the governor of New Jersey? His financial and economic results are even worse. In other words, he was terrible, all caps. Why would the great people of the USA want a governor to run our very troubled country when he couldn't even run his own state? Chris is a loser. He always was and always will be. Very bad, all caps, for the Republican Party. I'm up 56 points, so the debates would seem to be a complete waste of time. I'm also up 10 on Crooked Joe. What is the RNC doing? They should be fighting against election interference in the Pennsylvania voter registration scam. The debates should be ended. Bad for the Republican Party. I was in Michigan last night with auto workers and others. Watch debate equals report card, uh, colon. Doug Burgum did a very good job. Solid and smart. Sloppy Chris Christie was a disaster. A Trump deranged lunatic. Nikki Birdbrain Haley was exposed for her caustic disloyalty and lies. Disloyalty, disloyalty, disloyalty. Uh, bow down and worship at the foot of the chocolate bunny. About the Republican Party and me. Doesn't have what it takes. Never did. All caps. Lion Mike Pence has lost a lot of his energy. Very flat. Needs me badly. Actually, quite sad to watch, but he'll get better. Too much January 6th. Tim Scott stepped it up. Wonderful guy. Looking forward to getting his endorsement. Vivek said I was a great president. Thank you. Good job. Ron DeSanctimonious had a bad night. He can feel the end is near. Dropping like a rock. Anything else? As I slide down through the former presidents. Uh, now, he said something about, because uh, Ron on what, Sean Hannity the other night said, uh, he, would, he said, yeah, I, I, I want a one-on-one -on -one debate with Donald Trump. 
he needs to answer for and talk about and defend his record. And then uh, I think Trump put it out there. That's what I was trying to find. You know, why bother to debate a loser? Is essentially what he said. I'm trying to find it, but I, I can't. But you can guess, right? That shouldn't be complicated. All right. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. planning to announce an independent run. And run. This is fascinating to me. This was on uh, Mediate.com. Thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Mr. Carbone, for uh, posting this. 2024 presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. plans to announce he will run as an independent on October 9th in Pennsylvania. Mediate has learned. Kennedy's campaign machine is now planning attack ads against the Democratic National Committee in order to pave the way for his announcement in Philadelphia about running as an independent, according to a text reviewed by Mediate. So now all of a sudden somebody re reviews a text and you got breaking news. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Welcome to 2023. Bobby feels that the DNC is changing the rules to exclude his candidacy. So an independent run is the only way to go. A Kennedy campaign insider told Mediate, that's the website I'm reading from, Kennedy, a notorious anti-vaccine conspiracy theorist, <laughs> challenging incumbent President Joe Biden for the Democrat uh, nomination, has been flirting with a third-party run in recent, recent weeks. The New York Times reported last week that he met with the chair of the Libertarian Party, raising the prospect of a departure from the party that decades ago became synonymous with his family name. Kennedy remains far behind Biden in the polls, yet while the Times reported, quote, Democrats worried that a third-party run by Mr. Kennedy could draw votes away from Mr. Biden and help elect former President Donald Trump, check that statement for a second, it's unclear whether such a run would hurt the current president more than the Republican nominee. Indeed, polls show Republicans have a far more favorable view of Kennedy than Democrats. As the National Review's Jim Garrity pointed out in July, when a survey asked New Hampshire Democrats to describe Kennedy in one word, the top responses were crazy, dangerous, insane, conspiracy, and unknown. Conservative media has been far more supportive of Kennedy's campaign as well. Fox News host Greg Gutfeld uh, proposed that the political scion run as a third party in July. Quote, I think he should run a third party candidate because I do think he should. He, he, he would win is because his party's radical elements, what we call the woke, have embraced this fascist clampdown on language, Gutfeld said. So we'll see. Now, what would be interesting here is to that point, who's he going to pull from? Uh, could he pull from some Democrats? Uh, some, are, are, there, are there any moderate centrist Democrats left out there that are tired of the whole woke LGBTQIA transgenderism men and women's sports they're, they're tired of having that whole thing uh rammed into their ears and so th they just want to send a message now a lot of people talk a big game their bark is bigger than their bite so when they walk into a voting booth in november of next year would they actually have the backbone to be willing to uh cast aside and go okay if enough of us do this and vote for robert f kennedy jr uh, we we we're we're helping. Let's say it's Trump. We're helping Trump, you, and you would be, you'd be helping Donald Trump. And can they stomach that? Could they do it? Uh, there might be some of you that are thinking, "I just can't do it. I I'm so done with Trump. I just can't vote for him." And so I'm going to do a protest vote because at least Robert F. Kennedy is is uh, hitting the nail on the head for the most part about the danger of the COVID shots, the COVID jabs. And a bunch of that other mess, and so I'm going to do a I'm going to do a protest vote, and uh, vote my conscience and go in there, and I'm going to give Robert F. Kennedy my vote, which uh, I don't think there's enough out there in the Republican Party to hurt Donald Trump, but it would be interesting.
but certainly on the Democrat side. So would they have the backbone with Democrats, centrist if there are any, have the backbone to pull the lever for uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. when they know they might be handing essentially a, a one step closer move to the White House for Donald Trump? I don't know. I think most people, when they get in there, they'll talk a big game outside. They'll talk a big game leading up to that first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. They'll talk a big game on on. Twitter, X, Facebook, whatever. But when they step in there, I, I think there's there's enough fear of Trump on the left that very few of them would actually pull that off. But on the right, I, it depends. We'll see what happens with Donald Trump in the next 12 months. And literally, I mean, think about that. It's September 29th. We're coming up on October 1st. October 1st to October 1st, that's 12 months. Then about another month. So we got 13 months until the actual election. First Tuesday after the first Monday in November. You can go look at that date every four years and you're going to find the election. Okay, first Monday after the first Tuesday in November, which is Tuesday, November 7th. That's election day. And and wouldn't it be just crazy, nutty, wacky, dogs and cats living together if we actually knew the winner that night? That would be, wouldn't that be nice? Everybody just, ah, wow. I went to bed at like 1230. We knew the winner. And we, and we move on. We get on with life. I doubt it. I doubt that's what's going to happen. And, and we'll see. Um, so I think the one thing we should do, and I want to do this with you before we run out of time, is we need to make sure we're praying about this election. The water is murky. Uh, the dark side clouds everything. And we got to pray into that. And, and pray. I'll, I'll, I'm going to pray here in just a second. And I would encourage you to pray as a believer, not as a partisan. So if you're a Trump supporter, pray for Donald Trump because he's somebody made in the image of God. But I'm going to pray for God's will more than I'm going to pray for Donald Trump with respect to the election, okay? Because I want what God wants. And maybe uh, maybe what's best for this country is more judgment, not the illusion of some savior. Because I can assure you, Donald Trump is not the savior of the United States of America. It's only one of those. And it's not him. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Kamala Harris. It's not Ron DeSantis, whatever Trump calls him. What does he call him? DeSanctimonious. It's not Ron DeSantis. It's no human being. Don't give anybody that kind of position in your mind or your heart. Father God, we come before you and just lift up this election, which is murky and crazy and uh, bizarre. But that's the, that's the Romans 1 world that we live in. So, Lord, I just want to pray, along with my brothers and sisters, uh, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, as you taught us to pray. That the right people will get in office, Lord, to accomplish your will. We pray for mercy on our nation, even though we don't deserve it. We pray for awakening amongst the spiritually dead and revival in the church amongst your people. And just pray, Lord, somehow, some way, your wisdom would filter down into our elected officials so they can start to make some common sense, wise decisions, not for our sake, but for our children and our grandchildren, should you tarry. So we just continue to cry out on behalf of our nation, on behalf of this election, on behalf of our 340 million neighbors, cry out in Jesus' name. Amen. We need to all be doing that regularly, regularly. Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever for
another program powered by the Truth Network.